welcome to BoobTube, the podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. I'm Amanda Teuscher. And I'm Sarah Whitus. And I didn't say BoobyTube. You didn't say BoobyTube, even though that's what we're strongly considering renaming the podcast. It's under, it's been taken under advisement. Yeah, BoobyTube. Yeah. BoobyTube. This week, we have gotten kind of excited about... Um, well, I don't know. Maybe we haven't gotten excited about it. It was a big week. We've for, noticed. Yeah. There, <laughs> things have happened. Um, We've noticed that there are two trailers out. Two trailers dropped this week in the TV world. Um, one was just, uh, just today, which will probably be yesterday by the time anyone is listening to this. But uh, one is Stranger Things. How do we feel about one is it? Stranger How things. do we feel about this? So I thought that the trailer could. I'm, I'm obviously going to watch it. I just am so um, snobby at this point about the uh, like the second season. Like the yeah. more I think about it, and the more people love it, the more I'm just like, it's not good. Yeah. No, I think that the second season of Stranger Things. We we talked about it. I think when it happened, um, and I think the second season was. Bad. I think that was. I can't remember the discourse at the time, but I feel like at least I don't un, know. I, feel I like think at least everyone un, loves it. Really, I thought at the time at least it was like mostly underwhelming, at the very least. I think people thought it was like a little more boring. Yeah. But I don't know. Like at work today, a coworker posted it on Slack, the new trailer, and ev- like they're like, Woo, and everyone's like super excited about it. And I, I commented, well, I hope it's better than the second season. And only one person like, and everyone was like, like, God, Amanda. Everyone's like, oh, Amanda, just a wet blanket. Yeah, Amanda's but being just, a drag the again. Was so dumb. The more yeah. I think about it, the more I'm like, this was so not original. Well, every time I just, just think like, of that Warriors plot line, I'm just annoyed again. Oh God. Yeah. So I truly, honestly, forget about yeah. that because like the things that make me the most annoyed are just like how, like unoriginal the whole season was how like the plot points are all just like lifted straight out of other things from the 80s and just you know it's not terribly inventive either and it's not wasn't that scary and i completely forget about that like warriors yeah like it was not subplot not cool and then although i think you're probably maybe you're right because actually the way that i found out about the trailer was in a pop culture like talk like you know talking about pop culture group that i'm in on facebook and like that and people were actually also really excited about it there as well <laughs> yeah i do and it's just like this thing where you know i i just can't imagine two sisters right yeah. just recreating something it's just it's just something that like only two men can do they can just like do a facsimile <laughs> of like something from the 80s and then everyone's like the duffer brothers geniuses <laughs> they invented the 80s <laughs> they invented the 80s they made made kids kiss yeah like it's just you know i mean so. i i gotta say though i recommend watching the trailer it, whether you know i mean i think if you're excited about it you probably the trailer already, is fun yeah i think if you're excited about the show, you probably already even seen the trailer at this point but if you haven't um the trailer is a lot of fun i i think earlier when we were talking about it I was referring to it as like 80s mall pastiche, you know, like sci-fi fast times at Ridgemont High is the vibe that yeah. I get from this trailer. Um, Which is, sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, it, it's true. And then, so also the Duffer Brothers invented um, 80s mall culture. So that's cool for them. Yeah, yeah <laughs> um, exactly. So, In yeah, like good for them. Um, but I mean, the, the, the whole thing like set to... Baba O'Reilly, like, 
you know, it's got a good, it's, it looks like a lot of fun. These kids are like adults now. They're like grown ups. They grow up so fast. Yeah, oh my God. They're all just like giants now. Like what the hell? Especially what's his face. Um, you know, I can't even, <laughs> in between seasons, I can't even remember any of their names. Don't ask the me The kid to do that, that played the same kid in It. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, although I will say that. When I watched the trailer on YouTube, YouTube then sent me to the trailer for um, Pet Cemetery, which is not a TV show but a movie which is coming out. And I'm kind of, I didn't, wait, what was it? It's Pet Cemetery, which I didn't realize was being oh. remade. So then I was I like, doing, "There's another Stephen King thing that's being done." I on, like Hulu or something. I'm here for the Stephen King revival. Anyway, uh, what's the other trailer that came out? Oh, the Game of Thrones trailer. This is so not I a Game of Thrones it. podcast, everyone. This is not a Game of Thrones podcast. If you podcast, want a Game of Thrones podcast, watched, there are plenty of those. <laughs> there are plenty of them. Yeah, and this is not it. We will not be talking no. about the show. No. Um, I might end up watching it just because I'm like weirdly invested in it. But I also like probably won't watch every episode because I don't care that much. And I do have like neg- mostly negative feelings toward the show. Yeah. And I watched, but I did watch the trailer. And honestly... <laughs> All I can tell you is that, like, you can't see a goddamn thing. It's <laughs> that like, show is so dark. It is so dark. I mean, other... the show is, that's always a problem. You can, like, you'll be like, I think someone is walking through a hallway, but it is so dark. <laughs> I really can't tell. And, like, this trailer, it's mostly you just see, like, torches. Yeah. You're like, well, someone's, like, in a dungeon, I guess. And then you hear a voice, like, like, <laughs> like, ooh, the Game of Thrones, ooh, you win or die. And it's, anyway. Can I just it's say, just, like, having never trailer. seen a full episode of Game of Thrones, Someone's in a dungeon, I guess, is like my entire, <laughs> is my entire. Oh, uh, someone's being raped in a dungeon, Right, I someone's guess. being raped like, in a dungeon, oh, I guess. Oh, must be an important show. Oh, and there's a yeah. dragon. That's my entire. There, oh, and there's a dragon, yeah. How inventive. Yeah. Anyway, when we talk about Game of Thrones on this podcast, it's generally to be haters. Yeah, so, so if, you, if you don't remember from the last season of Game of Thrones, which I think we also had a podcast during that time i feel like maybe i don't i don't know i maybe uh or we or you and i just talked about yeah we may have just been like oh game of thrones is bad um so yeah i yeah yeah, i am not excited for like the discourse around game of thrones but anyway like we said it's only like six or seven episodes though so at least it'll be over soon god anyway you won't find that nonsense here we're here to talk about good shows, the ones we like. <laughs> the ones we like, yeah. like. Um, um, well, okay. I've been, oh, and I've been calling this March Madness. Oh, good. I, oh, nice. I like that. Because there's so many new shows, and I uh, never thought March would be like. The month peak. for the shows. Totally. Yeah, but there's so many, like, streaming things dropping. Absolutely. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's a good month. We're yeah, rich in content. Yeah, specifically just this past weekend. Good, good hashtag content. Yeah. Um, catastrophe and Trill, which we'll talk about in more detail. Yes. Um, did you watch anything else over the past couple weeks? I did. Um, and everything I watched, I watched on planes to and from Mexico this past week. Uh, nice. Which was fine. Um, so I watched all of Queer Eye Season 3. I hear it's really good. It was Probably I every time there's a new queer eye season, I'm like, this is the one where it's gonna like go off the rails. But then this was the best one yet. Um I should so tell you good. I was so 
our old house on Adams. Yeah, the one that, um, that Amanda and I lived in. Yeah, the um, when I just came home this evening, um, she was watching Queer Eye, the rich, <laughs> the rich girl who's our age but bought this house. <laughs> the woman we um, hate, yeah. This woman we hate who's been nothing but polite to me and nice. But, um, but who nevertheless yeah. personally kicked us out of our own home. Own home. <laughs> Dragged our beds onto the over occasionally and has lovely porch gatherings with her friends. Hosted a New Year's Eve party that I wasn't invited to and I wouldn't have gone anyway. And like, but she was watching Queer Eye and it kind of made me mad. I don't know. It's like you because I, I always look into her house. Boy, I'm like saying this all on <laughs> podcast. But when okay, I bike not, by, I like look at our old address. house and like her front window yeah. will be open. And I looked inside and there was like queer eye on the TV. I couldn't see her or anything. I only saw the television. You don't deserve saw... there. You don't deserve Bobby's goodness. Yeah, that's my. You don't. Yeah, that's my. That's my uh, position on that. I mean, this season yeah. is just like every season's trying to like you know just turn on the waterworks, but this season in particular just like ramped up right? the emotional you know just really just kicked it in a high gear with the like did you cry did yes you cry? i absolutely cried at two different episodes one where uh where they go this season they are um based in kansas city i like how this show also like goes to different places like it's mostly been focusing i think on the midwest um and well, I guess the first season was in Atlanta, but they first would, season was Georgia. First season right? was Georgia. I don't remember where. I feel like last season was somewhere else, but I now I don't remember where. Um, and the season is uh, they're in like generally they're in um, Kansas City, like the greater Missouri area, um, and like there. So there's uh, there's an episode that is um, about these two black women I think who are like probably in their 50s or early 60s um who run a just like legendary Kansas City barbecue joint together and you know these women just like built this business you know up there they uh their father started it I believe and they inherited it um and then they've just like you know they like win all these regional best barbecue awards everything but like clearly they are they're just it's like they're the only two employees basically and and uh-huh. they just are killing themselves all day you know working in this teeny tiny little um storefront it's not even like you know it's a little tiny standalone like shack kind of restaurant and uh where people just kind of line up outside um and you know, there's no air conditioning in there. Anyway, they so instead of like revamping their home, they revamp the restaurant. Um, and, you know, again, it's like not even really a restaurant. It's like kind of a space where they make food. And then it's like a it's like a carry out window. And then people kind of sit outside. Uh-huh. So they they really just they, and they give them like they just redo the, the whole place so that it's like both better for them working inside the space and also like gives people a place to sit outside and like these were women like they're just like it was so good and there's there's another one that's like about this young black woman who was rejected by her fucking foster adoptive adoptive parents um her adoptive parents after coming out as gay to them uh in high school and they like and then she had to drop out of college because she was losing you know borrowing too much money and like 
So there's this woman, there's a guy who's a widower trying to get his life back together after his wife died of breast cancer months after their second child was born. This sounds, I'm sorry, this sounds horrible. <sighs> I know, I know. But then like each, like each one of them is like so uplift. Like these guys are just so, like I was watching this mostly with Tom with my husband and we we're both just like, he's like, these guys are just so good at like building people up that it's so wonderful to watch, but it's not in like a manipulative way, which it so easily could be. It could either be like manipulative, you know, manipulative or, you know, very kind of like saviory, like we're going to empower uh-huh. you. But they really managed to like make it about like them just kind of helping them along the way of empowering themselves, you know, I think is a key aspect of this show and i just love it so much and it's a national treasure um so if you have not like watched the season of queer eye like honestly you want to i mean i watched it all in like two days but you want to kind of savor it it just makes you feel so good even what i'm describing sounds like a bummer i promise you it is not a bummer it's like very good um, yeah, like it pays off in the yeah, end. Yeah, and just every episode, like there are no duds in this season. Every single one, even the last episode is about this slobby man child whose wife is, or whose girlfriend is eight is days away. Is slobby a word? I think so, isn't it? Can you be slobby? You can be slobby. This guy is slobby. <laughs> like, if it's not a word. Is, is, yeah, what's the. Well, there was, he is a slob. But he, I see what you're trying to say, but. He's There's slobby. a little red squiggly under slobby. And <laughs> in our it's doc. like Google Docs doc, does and not I'm kind recognize of like, slobby. I, but it does sound. <laughs> Believe me, when you see this guy, you'll be like, oh, he's slobby. He's slobby. <laughs> it's just, the more you say it, it's just like sl- he, slobbish? Slobbish? No, I don't like that. I think it's slobbish. No. It doesn't sound as good. Slobby is fine. I'm reclaiming like slobby. slobby. I'm reclaiming it. Well, you you can't reclaim it. It's never been claimed. You're cla- no, you're, so I'm just claiming. You're not Christopher Columbus again. Yeah. You're actually discovering it. I'm discovering slobby. Yeah. I, you know what I'm probably thinking of is slobbery. You know, like Maybe. a dog is slobbery. Sloppy with slobbery. Right, like slobber. Anyway. I wanted to hate this guy because his girlfriend is eight days away from giving birth and like they live in like literal filth and like he is just like not he does not clean he just doesn't do anything I was like I'm prepared to hate this man and then even him even him by the end you know the fab five has me like on his side and so I'm just like you know I'm like all right you guys this is too good so Watch Queer Eye. I also wanted to give a shout out to Last Week Tonight, which I have been catching myself back up with. Um, Yeah, I always forget about it. I just kind of forgot about it for a while. I was so into it for the first, like, I mean, I watched, like, basically every episode for the first, like, year or two that it was on. And then, I don't know, last year I just didn't watch it for so I don't know why. Maybe there were just, there's so many things. There's so many things to watch. And maybe, and then... This season, which started, like, five weeks ago, maybe, or I don't know, like, five or six weeks ago, um, I've just been watching them all again, and just want a major shout-out to John Oliver and the people at Last Week Tonight, because I definitely have a Colbert Report They're listening, size. so they appreciate it. They that. are. They love this show. I just have, like, a Colbert Report Daily Show-sized hole in my heart for a while, and, like, um last week tonight is so good it's so good and like they did there are two episodes recently one is on um psychic scammers 
um, you know, people who like scam people who've like had loved ones die and stuff like that. And oh, like what's his name, John Edward? Yeah, exactly. Except like even worse than him, like just even more straight up liars. Um, they actually show a clip where they go into a restaurant with a psychic and they're like, um, you know, where's my dead son? And she's like, where's my son? And they're like, oh, he's dead. And then they're like, actually, he's sitting right behind you. <laughs> it's really funny. So it's like uh, Anne Dowd in Hereditary. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then this week's is on um, public shaming. This week's episode is about like public shaming and not necessarily even that it's good or bad, but like also John Oliver examining his own um public shaming like that he has done on the daily show and like explaining the kinds of people like their reasoning and when they make fun of people on late night on uh, last week tonight and i found that really interesting and then they have a long interview with monica Lewinsky to talk about it and it was really good so if you get back in the if you have if you somehow wrongly like me forgot about last week tonight get back in there it's my thoughts Good advice. Good advice. Okay, yeah. so moving on yeah. to the main entree. The entree. I feel like <laughs> I've made this metaphor before. It's really bad. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> should we talk about Catastrophe first? Yeah, let's talk about Catastrophe. We have. I love this fucking oh, show. Man, when it ended, I was like, that was the last Oof, Catastrophe. Ending. I know. I mean, like, luckily, I will, will probably rewatch them because they're so funny. I... There are, I can't think of many shows that make me just, like, uncon- like by myself, like, uncontrollably laugh out loud the way I would, like, watching stand-up comedy. I know. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's, like, there are shows where it's, like, that's funny. Like, even The Good Place, I'm like, that's funny. But, like, the, Rob Delaney and Sharon Horgan are just so deeply hysterical. Everything they do in the show is, they're so funny. But they're also such good actors. They're such it's good so actors. Moving. Yeah, they're such good actors without being actory at all you know i think even like there's different types of comedic actors right and you mentioned the good place and there's like there's like the actors of the good place which is like a you know a more traditional comedy obviously but like a more traditional like sitcom but you know where they're like you never for a minute have an instant where you're like i'm watching real human beings (laughs) you know like it's just everything is very like it's extra you know but then you have a show like catastrophe where the acting is so naturalistic and you just are like yeah this is like regular people but like much wittier (laughs) and yeah 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 i feel like that's kind of maybe a, a bit more characteristic of british comedy overall or like british television shows overall perhaps yeah but um yeah i don't know though because like I don't know. There's it some was pretty American wacky. produced, and it's Rob Delaney. It's true. I just think it's them. I just think it's the the two creators. No, I think it's British produced. I think it's produced by it's the. I think it's a British production company. They just Amazon distributes it. Oh wait, you're yeah. right. No, it's like Sky TV yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this season was wonderful. It didn't really have a big dramatic arc. I mean, insofar as catastrophe does big dramatic arcs but usually there is kind of like a well there's usually like one thing yeah there's usually like a thing like last season was rob's um alcoholism Alcoholism. yeah or the you know there'll be like seasons that are about like the birth of like 
you know, the pregnancy. And, like, and like the infidelity. The infidelity. Was that last yep. season I, or the season four? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That was, I think that was also last season. Yeah. And um, so there wasn't really that this season. It was just sort of more mundane life things um mostly i really liked rob like kind of flirting with finding religion and then just being like i mean in, again insofar as quakerism Quakers. is a religion but um and then just being um, like sharon nah. thinking that like kept like keeping i can't speak carrot sharon <laughs> you can do it uh, okay once more with feeling sharon continuing to equate um quakerism with uh, amish <laughs> Amish. <laughs> that was very real for the me. The funniest thing ever. It was so, like, I loved it. Like, making, like, Americans this, like, weird foreign thing. She's like, we'll have to wear a bonnet. <laughs> anyway. I know. And then, so then Tom was watching it with me, and he went to a Quaker college, and he's like, this is not yeah. how Quaker meetings work. I'm like, yeah, but literally nobody would know that, because who knows anything about Quakerism? Right, right. <laughs> um, I enjoyed that. And then just, because I can see, like, to me, it's very real to be like, maybe I'll get into this thing, and then just be like, Nah, I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, especially if you're like, you know, you're going to work, you have kids. Like, yeah. it seems like an easy way to find that empty thing. Yeah, but definitely. Um, yeah. I. My other favorite moment between them, I mentioned this, is when um, after he gets his neck brace off, and Sharon's like, "I missed the neck brace," and she so she buys him this like turtleneck sweater, <laughs> and he puts it on, and they, they both just like make fun of him. <laughs> Take it off. <laughs> Seriously, you look like a fisherman simpleton. Oh, oh. <laughs> I look like I'm going to try and sell you a homemade moon cup out of the back of my Subaru. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a <laughs> You look like a college poetry teacher who tells girls he invented the me too hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> I look like um, one of those Dutch guys, you know. <laughs> who? <laughs> who ride the thing? <laughs> no, which? You know, they no. Well, I can't think of the, um... <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but it's so funny because, like, at the end, they kind of just peter out, like... Uh, Rad you know, like, like they're, they're like, okay, well, we're... we're that's it. You, like, Rob makes his joke and, like, they, it doesn't make any sense. But they don't care. It's okay. They're still, like, smiling. I love... It just seems like a very natural, re- like, interaction. Totally. I love it when they just sort of banter. They can they can just bounce off of each other in a way that is so wonderful. And then they're just like... Yeah. Yeah, all right. We gotta move on. You know? Like, I'm just, yeah. like, exactly how... I just... I yeah. love their... I love them. They just play off each other so well Michaela Watkins was fun to have this season I love her so much I was so happy when she showed up yeah playing um Rob's sister who kind of comes to visit from America and then they see her again at the end of the show in the U.S. um I okay one thing I thought was I loved her she was absolutely perfect um she comes with to England with a foster child who apparently it's kind of it's like revealed that this is she, she fosters kids sometimes um so it's like that's like a part of her lifestyle but so she brings her foster child that she um has and uh did you find it weird that the kid like didn't utter one word i was wondering about that did he say anything because then i was like maybe he's just like he's not like he's like, yeah i don't I know get- there's like weird things with like kid actors you know where they have to be like I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was a little... Yeah, they have... He's in, like, a whole 
episode or possibly two maybe it's only the one like where they they're actually in america i guess it's just the one um i mean uh, not in america right in in uh, in england yeah it's just the one oh yeah i don't know if you see him much when they go to yeah and then but yeah they he's like in the whole episode with her and there's even this like little plot line kind of about the the two of them and he doesn't say one word which i thought was very a little bit odd but i don't know um let's talk about the end Oh my god, the end. Um, um, actually, no. First, can we rewind? Yeah. And we should talk about his mom's Mia's funeral, which is the last episode, I think. Yeah, okay. but before the very True. end. Okay, so when I, I said the end, like I meant the very the end ending. of the. No, 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 I meant the end, like the, the end of the season. Okay, yes, well, okay, yes, the end of the, the season. Um, so we're gonna talk about the end of the season. That episode was so good. So obviously, it was the best this, episode. Like, this isn't a spoiler if you haven't seen it, but and actually, we're going to get into yes. something that's a little bit spoilery. So like. Pause, watch the whole thing. It's only six episodes. Right. And then That'll take back. you. But, um, yeah, the better part yeah, of an afternoon. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. Um, I did it. You can. Yeah. Do. And, um, yes. So the, um, they go on vacation to Boston, which it doesn't look like Massachusetts. It is absolutely like, not Massachusetts. <laughs> I was like, that is like 100% like the Outer Banks or something. I don't know. Or like, is it? It's probably England. Like, why would they have left England to even film it? They filmed the whole thing there. So it's like. I don't know. It looked it looked very sunny and like. It's true. Crazy. It did. England is not that. Um, but anyway, so they go to, for vacation and then. Um, Michaela Watt, or what's her name? His sister comes to pick her up from um, the airport and then just bursts into tears and is like, mom died this morning. And so then the vacation becomes a uh, preparation for the funeral and his his estranged father shows up and he's, he's got like cirrhosis of the liver and he's like yellow and it's really <laughs> funny. Um, and anyway, I found, I found it all really touching because... You're also thinking about Carrie Fisher, who died before the season was filmed. And, and I think the last anyway. thing that she ever actually worked on was the third season of Catastrophe. That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and of course it was like... You, yeah, you brought... Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, I, I was just going to mention the, the funeral. Um, so they have like a yeah. funeral for her and it's really beautiful. Just them on the beach... Um, with some of their uh, their mom's friends, um, and and Rob reads, uh, you know, he reads a eulogy, which a lot of it is is just like a an email. Um, that email is so <laughs> great, especially if you hear it with like in Carrie Fisher's voice. She did good deeds too. We found that out when we were going through her stuff. She raised money for spinal surgeries for kids through her eBay sales. There's a button on eBay where you can donate, and, and that's what she did. Um, her friend Sally gave me an email uh, that she sent her. I'll read it. I heard about these babies. Their spines are like corkscrews, but once they have these surgeries, it's beautiful. They can play hockey or rollerblade. I mean, I wouldn't have to do it at all if this government gave a rat's ass about disabled kids. They'd be happy to just throw them out the window. I bet Mike Pence spends his Sundays throwing disabled kids out of windows. Looks like he would, that fucking microwaved apple looking ass motherfucker. <laughs> I'd go on, but it gets worse. It was 
it was beautiful. Um, and, and she's just kind of complaining about Mike Pence and, <laughs> and, uh, and it's really wonderful and touching. And, uh, yeah, it just, obviously Carrie Fisher, um, had died unexpectedly. And, uh, I think that Sharon and Rob had apparently become quite close to her. Um, and, think there was sure surely a a lot of emotion around that but then also you know the whole season was written and uh and filmed just months after uh rob delaney's two-year-old son died of cancer really really horrific um and you know i just really kind of there's just so much emotion i think in that scene that you can I think it's definitely reflective of bigger things than just the character's death. It was like, just the way like there, when they talk about politics or like when they, the subplot with Dave, (laughs) where he's like, wants to move to fake passports for New Zealand. It's just like, they're definitely talking about bigger issues, like about, you know, their, their politics specifically. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I just really read the emotion there and it felt, you know, I'm sure it was, very genuine and it just made me think about kind of both of those things and I'm sure it was a really emotional experience for the two of them and I just love the show um I know. and you could absolutely read that from from the scene um I love Sharon just kind of breaking down at the end of the the funeral after like having found it it's kind of a central plot of the episode that um, Sharon has found it hard to kind of be there for Rob through, um, kind of, you know, both through his recovery, uh, from his, you know, from not being sober from his, um, you know, kind of falling off the wagon and, and his kind of road back through sobriety. I think it's been, you know, I love when she, she talks about, um, in the last episode, she she she's something that really stuck in my mind, where she says Rob's alcoholism has always just been kind of this. Um, and actually, maybe it was yeah. this this. It's always been folklore to me. Uh, you know, it was yeah. before he she knew him. You know, and he's always just been like. So I think it's you know, and he he has a line. They have this huge fight in the episode, and he's like, "Have you ever just like?" really done something just for me and she's like i've raised your children and birthed them like isn't that enough and it's like part of me is like i agree with you and part of me is kind of like i I mean that is a recurring thing in the show like she is selfish and she is really mean yeah and like rob works really hard and she sometimes is just irrationally awful to him and it's like yeah you gave birth but like you don't have to be an asshole the rest of the time and and, like, she, I think, for the first time in this episode, really acknowledges it. Like, they don't talk about it more after that. She's just mm-hmm. like, I want you to, you know. Yeah. But that last scene, oh, my gosh. Well, so then Rob um, gets a job offer in Boston from an old friend that he runs into. Um, and he's like, you know what? I want to move back to Massachusetts. Um, I want to be close to my sister. Um, she... I think she needs me and I totally see where he's coming from on that, especially because none of uh, Sharon's family even lives in England. Um, And they have this big fight about it. And then the last scene, 
Um, They're kind of trying to navigate what the way forward is for them. I mean, he's like, it's hard to tell how serious he is when he says that he's willing to just move to the U.S. with the kids without her. He's like, I'm happy. I'm fine going without you. And it kind of seems like, I mean, they're very good at being mean to each other and just saying they know. Yeah, and later he says, like, I was just being mean. Yeah, they know, they know, like, this show is really good at capturing that sort of awful essence of, I think, knowing someone so well that you just know the exact thing that you can say. You know what to, how to hurt them. Yeah. Um, And so they are at, again, a very non-Massachusetts looking beach. Um, (laughs) And... Uh, they are kind of having this talk about, about their relationship. And I love this. Um, I love the talk that they have about, you know, would they have wind wound up together if not for this, like totally bizarre, you know, circumstance of her getting pregnant and him deciding to move back. Um, okay. So then we need to talk about what happens here. So, yeah. So she's like, one of the recurring things in it was that she had accused him of not being fun and he, you know, tries to be a little fun, but then he shows up at a birthday party and like, you know, someone's passed out. So he like, that's like been a thing where he's trying to prove that he's fun. And he, um, so she at one point just decides to go into the water since they never got their beach vacation. And she's like, come on in. He's, the kids are sleeping in the car. It's fine. And so she like takes off. Arguably the worst decision. (laughs) Terrible decision. But she makes so many bad decisions. She's so much more reckless than him. So she, like, takes off her clothes and starts going in the water. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And he watches her go in. And then he sees a sign that says, danger, riptides. And you're kind of like, in my head, I was thinking, like, oh, shit, she's going to get caught in one. He's going to have to save her. And it's going to be, like, this thing. But then he surprises you. He decides to just follow her. He takes off his clothes and, like, swims out to her. And then they, they, like, embrace in the water. And... It's really moving because it's definitely a metaphor for their entire relationship. Like, she's the reckless, dangerous one. And he's just like, you know what? I'll do this. Yeah. I'll jump into the deep water with you and kind of ignore the the red flags. Yeah. And it was like, not at first you're like, that's out of character because you are expecting him to like call her back and save her. But it is as a metaphor. It works really well. Absolutely. So then. uh, So you don't think they die dude well so it's funny because it didn't occur to me at the time although so that so then they're out in the water and the credits start to roll um and uh then the credits end and the camera is is pulling way back out like a way above bird's eye yeah but you're seeing them swim back you are but they are very far out and then the camera you get this shot um of their clothes on the beach in the foreground in focus and them way out of focus in the background the 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 credits end and you see that they're actually like quite far out um i know but i thought they were just like that scene like that that like drone footage or whatever of them being that far out it's because if they were actually like no one goes out that far in the beach i know and they don't go out that far quickly like you just you just don't go out that far especially if your kids are in a car so like but they might have gotten caught in a riptide like why i know but i just think that's like a really that was like a composition choice i don't know it would have looked stupid to pull away and they're just like that close to the I think that's definitely an interpretation. Having looked around online a bit, there are some pretty 
pretty a uh, lot of there are definitely people who theorize that 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 is the uh that what they were saying was that there's a chance they die <laughs> um and that's crazy i know i so it's interesting because i mean like honestly i just don't want to believe it i think that's I, why i'm not actually well, convinced by whatever that was like with, whether that was actually an argument i made i I, I well i and again i did not it did not occur to me at the time although when the credits ended i yeah i thought to myself like they seem very far out, but then I wasn't yeah. like, they die, you know, and then I was kind of looking around online. I was reading actually Todd Vanderwerf from Vox, who I love. Um, I was reading his write up. He wrote um, a little, he wrote a, a very sweet write up about the last episode um, and kind of reflecting a little bit on the dark moments of his own marriage. And he kind of, he was like watching this, this episode really made me think about the mountain goat song, No Children. You know, in the line, yeah. handed unlovable hand, and how much it made him think of that couple. And I was like, "You're totally right." Uh, and then about, and then the song, like I, the line of it, you know, "I hope you die, I hope you both die." Like we're going down in this thing together. Like you know. So anyway, do I really think that they die? No, but I did read, and there was all, but I did read another thing in the Guardian that was like, "This was the greatest ending uh, that I've seen since The Sopranos in its in its ambiguity." Um, and I was like man maybe it is ambiguous so i don't know i would love to hear anyone else who has watched the finale i would love to hear their yeah thoughts. i don't know i said there's an article on IndieWire that says catastrophe creators and stars rob delaney and sharon horgan would never kill off their own characters in the finale of the amazon marriage comedy but they're okay if viewers get the sense of foreboding in the closing scene yeah so i think that the at least the palpable sort of like bit of dread that it gives you is is a really interesting note to end the show on because like i want to think that these two that's definitely deliberate yeah and i want to think that these two like work past their problems and end up together but honestly you know you can kind of see it going either way (laughs) yeah like you could have seen it ending i was like oh is this gonna end with their divorce all right yeah so uh well we're gonna miss catastrophe i'm gonna miss it um so good if i recommended it to my entire office earlier this yeah if you had to go around and say something we were watching i was like everyone watch catastrophe yes you can watch the whole show in like a day and a half like (laughs) oh so easily yeah so easily um it goes down goes down speaking of shows that uh are only six episode seasons um we can move on to shrill which i think we were we were both very excited about I was very excited about it. I didn't like it as much as Catastrophe. Yeah, I agree. There are some things about it that, like, like I didn't find it as easy of a watch, mm-hmm. um, even though it was similarly... Like, I don't think Catastrophe is, like, less heavy mm-hmm. than Shrill. Mm-hmm. It, I just find... I found Shrill to be, like... It, it was, like, pummeling you sometimes with, like, people being awful to her. Mm-hmm. And it was... I had to, like... I watched, like two or three in a row and then I started the next episode and then I was just like I, I can't do this right now and I had to like stop and like wait another day because um it's just like it's a lot it's a lot um Shrill is on Hulu um it is I had been looking forward to this for a while um having been a big fan of the book that the show is based on by Lindy West writer Lindy West um from a couple of years ago just kind of a a memoir of um, Lindy Shrill. Uh, Lindy Shrill is what I just tried to say. Of Lindy West's um, kind of life up through her 30s. 
she is a writer and like a fat woman living in the world um, and putting her producing content and media and sort of putting herself out into the world for, um, as it turns out, lots of people to judge. Um, yeah. And so the book is I've read the book and it, it talks a lot about um, her sort of becoming more accepting of herself mm-hmm. and also discusses a lot about like fat phobia and um, American culture and also goes really in depth into what it's like to have just a trolling campaign against yeah. you. And um, and that's kind of what the, the this first season of Shrill is about. It, it stars A.D. Bryant as Annie Easton, which I thought was funny, like Easton and West. <laughs> I didn't and, catch that. <laughs> yeah. And it's so it's based on the book and like it's her, you know, kind of she has this guy that she's been sleeping with and he just like is kind of shitty, like makes her go out the back door and everything if his roommates are home and like is just emotionally unavailable, takes advantage of her and like and she kind of like starts to, you know, put her foot down against things and she finds her voice and she writes an article for the like the alternative weekly or whatever it is that she she works for um and she has this horrible boss who is i'm assuming loosely based on dan savage yeah he is uh because lindy west worked at the stranger in seattle i mean a lot of this show (laughs) the the unfortunate part about this show is that a lot of it seems like almost like too much but most of it really did um, maybe in only a slightly less exas- exaggerated form happened to Lindy West. No, and the thing about the show is that it's compressed. Yeah, well, absolutely. It, ha- it, it seemingly it happens, happens to her a- all within two weeks. I was going to say, like, the whole course of the show, the first season is, like, <laughs> several days. Yeah. Um, Which I this is what I kind of find to be, like, a little bit... Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't work for me, actually. Yeah. Because if I want a glimpse into her life, she's I want more than just some, like, apparently traumatic two weeks. Sure. You know? Yep. I, I I agree. It's a it's a rapid so the I think the thing with the show also is apparently um they they would have made it more episodes, but they only had AD Bryant for six. They could only do they only had her yeah. for so much time before she had to go back to SNL. So any future seasons um would be longer. Um I don't yeah, I agree that, that makes sense. Yeah. So I, I I agree that they kind of probably felt a little bit hamstrung by both needing to put a lot of story in there to get people on board, but have being also very tied uh, by this constraint. Right. Um, yeah. I just, it does just feel like you're cramming a memoir. In yeah. Someone's like world. Agreed. Uh, Worldview into, a, you know, three, less than three hours. Yeah. So. <laughs> Agreed. It's a very, also just like rapid transformation that the character makes. Uh, A.D. Bryan's character makes over the the course of this time. But yeah, I mean, Lindy West worked at The Stranger um, several years ago and had with Dan Savage and and had this experience with him that she found him to be very fat phobic. Um, And and also, like, I think that as a as a society, we've had a bit of a reckoning with Dan Savage overall, which I so I think that um, I think that Lindy West was ahead of the game on on uh, on this is all I can say about that. But yeah, he was I think he was trying to be like, you know, uh, I don't know. What's the word? Well, he, he was being a jerk. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. um, so yeah, and her boss, the editor who's played by what's his name? Anyway, oh, he's, John, he's John uh, Cameron played, Mitchell. Yeah. Yes. And he's very irritating and annoying yeah. and like really shitty. 
Um, I gotta say, though, I do have to say this. TV shows and movies, unless they're, like, about journalism, like, unless it's, like, Spotlight, are so dumb (laughs) about, like, how media and publications work. Yeah, I can like, see that. <laughs> this is this is so this is not this was, a this indie newspaper in the year twenty nineteen. So irritating to me. So she like for the first part, she gets an assignment. They like she's been asking for an assignment. She's not able to write because she's low on the totem pole. And so finally, she gets one to prove herself. And it's just a food. It's like a restaurant review, basically, right? So that's how things work. Like you, you like you start writing and you start with the small stuff, and then you can get bigger things. You don't just like instantly be like, like I'm gonna write the greatest think piece ever, and then someone's like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. Right? You start you start with these things. So she gets an assignment to do this review, and she ends up writing this like long form piece about um, it's a it's to review the lunch buffet at a strip club. And she ends up writing this, like, long-form piece about, like, not judging dancers and, like, you know, feminism and, like, like body positivity, blah, blah, blah. Everyone loves it, but her editor is pissed. And you're supposed to think he's an asshole, but I'm kind of like, yeah, he had a certain... This is a publication. He had a certain number of column inches, right? He gave her, like, a thousand words, and she submits something longer, not to the assignment. Like, he's justified in being annoyed. Yeah. And then later, he like looks at his he looks at the website and sees that she's published this article. Like, okay, yes, he's an asshole for disagreeing with her main point, but you can't just go onto a website and publish something. Like, it has to be edited. You can disagree with your editor, and that's a problem if like you have like an editor who's like a fat phobic misogynist asshole. But like, you don't just you don't just get to publish something. Yeah. And this, this, like, and so many times we, like, newsrooms are portrayed as this, like, marketplace of ideas where people, like, there are certain gatekeepers that keep out the good ones. But it's also more than just that. It's also, like, has a structure and, like, an editorial flow and things work a certain way where you don't just, like, it's not, it's not as simple as just writing something and then letting it go up on the website. Anyway, that really annoyed me because I was kind of like, what the fuck? Wait, did she just publish this without it being like going through the approval process? Like, this is insane. Yeah, that was... Like, she should be fired. I was willing to go with the the initial not following the assignment review of the strip club um, buffet, but... um, And then trying to just, you know, make it a better assignment than it actually was i can get that like i'm gonna make this extra like I, again wouldn't be kosher but i get it but then her just like straight up posting an article to the site like <laughs> was arguably not cool <laughs> right like they they're just like distilling the whole conflict down to the ideas yeah. being presented yeah. and not the fact that it, anyway that just really bothered me <laughs> that's okay that's an okay tangent to take on this show it's a valid criticism. yeah so anyway let thanks for letting me go on that journey yeah. um yeah um, but the, the other thing that I wasn't that into, I'll say, I'll try to say briefly, is just like sometimes the writing, kind of to the point that we were making about how it feels like a lot of heavy stuff are crammed into what feels like a week or two weeks, yeah. is sometimes I feel like there was stuff that you're just like, wait, I didn't, I didn't know that we had gotten to that point. Specifically in the last episode, you apparently, you reach this point where apparently... Annie has been acting selfish and she's called out on it by like three different people, like her parents and then 
her friend um, Amadi and then her roommate and best friend Fran. Who is a delight. Who's like, they're like, she's going through a selfish phase right now. Or like, you're not listening to me. You're being very selfish. And I guess you're supposed to think that that was the overarching other side of her new awakening was that also she was like, it's affecting her friends in this negative way. Which is but maybe whole, not a valid like, point to make about self-realization, kind of. I don't know. Like, I don't know. And also, but I just felt it was really unearned. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel that way. I was I was. I was surprised by that. I agree. I was a little blindsided by, Fra- especially Fran's reaction, because Fran has been so... Yeah, Fran was a total asshole. I know. Fran's been, like, really... I mean, and I loved... So, you know, Fran is her roommate and best friend, and um, I really actually loved... I loved Fran, um, and I loved especially when Annie's boyfriend is being... his her, Well, her erstwhile boyfriend her like not really guy that she's dating and wants to be her boyfriend you know who's treating her like trash and like i loved fran being like you know what we don't talk about him in this house anymore i'm sorry like i'm sick of it yeah um, no she was a really good friend and then suddenly, and then suddenly the right and then suddenly it's like crummy. yeah and she's really you know encouraging annie to like self-realize and stand up for herself more and blah 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 and like expect more from herself um was the whole kind of point of kind of banning the ryan talk um, and then is mad when she starts doing it. And I'm like, and it seems to start when like she knocks over her, Fran knocks over her purse and their like dog, which I think it's Fran's dog, yeah. eats a bunch of shrooms. And so like they call oh, no, the I vet. Think it's like, well, the vet- I think it's Annie's dog. Otherwise, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, so the dog eats Fran's shrooms and they call the vet and the vet is like, we'll just stay with the dog to make sure he doesn't have a seizure. And this was the morning that. Annie published this article without permission and the, her boss is like, you have to come in early, right? And Fran is just like, you have to stay home and watch the dog, even though it was her pills. I know, and like, that was my... Annie just does it. And then you're, I think that was supposed to be some sort of indication that like Annie doesn't, like was, was thinking only of herself. But I'm like, this is a big deal. She should go into work. Yeah, yeah. She's like clearly knows that there's a chance she could be fired right now like she needs to get her ass over there and i think they were kind of saying that fran also had like a job interview um and that was why she really needed to get out of there but like you know i that was deeply uncool (laughs) of of fran yeah i agree i i and then the accusation of selfishness then also is is reinforced by um annie's parents who live nearby and she kind of goes over and her mom has been um you know kind of just this health nut anyway that's kind of unimportant but then her parents also accuse her of being super selfish which um having seen all of her other interactions with them in the show uh totally doesn't seem to be the case she like spends a lot of time with them she's clearly deeply um cares for her father and tries to do nice things who's who's dying of cancer um or is hopefully not dying of cancer um but has cancer and uh you know that so then they, they also just get really mad at her for like bringing standing up for herself kind of to them and and i i could see her mom is also upset about the way that annie wrote about her which um i do think it would have been better of annie to talk to her mom about writing about her especially if she was going to do it you know kind of write about yeah but that whole argument was very much more about like annie being like you do this to me and it makes me feel bad and her mom wasn't listening to it and then her dad just like blew up at her and like 
And then Annie's standing there crying. In my head, I'm thinking, like, okay, this this was really shitty of her parents. Like, I was on Annie's side mm-hmm. there. And then later, she goes and apologizes. And I feel like, any, I, this is a thing I've brought up multiple times on this podcast, but I feel like there must be, like, a German word for this feeling, or I need to come up with a word, which is this feeling of, like, no, getting knowing what the writers are trying to convey, but them not doing it, them doing it so bad that you get a completely different sense of mm-hmm. it. Like, I felt this way with Gilmore Girls. We were like, you are trying to convey that Rory is, like, um, like together and, like, doing all this stuff. But I'm, co- but she just comes across as an asshole. Yeah. But I know she's not, and that's not what you're intending. So there's this weird dissonance I'm mm-hmm. feeling. And I felt like that with this part of the mm-hmm. show. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think a lot of this does just come down to how condensed and how many different plots there were sort of try to... To fit in here, I think this could have all been done a, a more gracefully. Um, that said, you know, the writing was not, like, transformative to me or anything, but I thought it was good. I didn't think the show was hilarious, um, but I I liked it a lot. Um, I Samantha Irby is one of my absolute favorite writers, and she was kind of a critical... Uh, piece of the writing team and voice on this show and developing it with Wendy West um, which I loved Uh, and and a lot of it was really was really smart and I thought the the ideas I mean the show is in itself just by existing kind of revolutionary right I mean just yeah by literally just by existing um it's putting fat women at the center of a narrative it's giving it's making it's we see them having sex we see them enjoying themselves we see them wearing crop tops we see them wearing bikinis like this show i love that it exists um that we didn't even talk about the pool scene which i thought was the pool episode which was fantastic they go to this like fat women pool party um which was just wonderful. I was like on the edge of tears, like watching it. Like I just loved it. It it feels if you've ever in your whole life felt alienated or felt bad about your body or how you appeared to other people, especially like I think you can't watch that scene and not really feel something. I think you know, especially when you're watching her open up, like she yes. shows up in jeans and a t-shirt because she's like, "I'm working," but then by the end of it, she's just like gone into the pool, like, and she's having just the time of her life, like with her friends, yeah. and it's really great. Yeah, I I loved it so much. That was the highlight of the whole show. I'm sure it's the highlight of the show for a lot of people. And you know, I I like that. So I also really liked this the very last scene with Beck Bennett. Um, yes, where she like she confronts her troll he apologizes then invites her in for a drink and she's just like you fucking i know like no i'm not coming in and then he's like well fuck you (laughs) like and then and then they like just get back to where they started he like yelling at each other and then she runs she runs away and she throws like a brick at his car and it just bounces off and the alarm goes off and it's so i love the way it ended so good i I mean the thing with the troll was interesting i feel like could have itself been a plot line that like you know took more uh more of yeah like all these things were happening concurrently right right we didn't really need so many different things and like i guess my issue is that i feel like this show deserves more than six episodes totally yeah i mean again like i think that any future season absolutely would be i think it seems like to me i i hope i certainly hope it it's gets picked up again um for another season by hulu it seems like of course, we don't know any of the viewing numbers, but certainly it's gotten a lot of buzz. And um, 
you know, the troll thing also is something that I think if you didn't know that it happened in real life, you might be like, that's too much. Um, but, you know, but it really, really happened. happened. Lindy West, if you've never heard Lindy West, this American life story, which is about her experience with the troll who like made her life a living hell for a while and like literally did like make a Twitter account that was like her dead dad's name and like horrific like absolutely like horrific and uh you know yeah you might be like oh it's too much except you know we i love the the um the it person at their job who's just like oh yeah i get death threats all the time i'm a woman who plays video games online with men so they're all wanting to basically um have sex with me she was so she was good um i think the corn dog part that was so funny that one that says, um, oink, oink, I bet she uses a corn dog as a dildo. That's, whoa. that's him. Oh, whoa. Because I, I don't even think you could use a corn dog as a dildo because it, w- it would disintegrate inside. Yeah, I'm not going to actually try and use a corn dog as a dildo. Well, there's no harm in trying. Maureen, there's some harm in trying, right? Well, it just depends if you dipped it in sauce. Oh, God. It's not... It's not the worst thing. It's meat on a stick. It, with the, meat, the meat protects the stick. Um, and then lastly, just, I mean, I don't really want to spend too much time on Ryan because, like, <laughs> but I think they take a character, absolutely, who is, again, almost just, like, too cartoonishly bad. Um, but he's, funny, he's the guy who plays him is hilarious. I loved the um, when he Luca Jones. and him taking when the dog eats the mushrooms and he's like, Oh, eats the mushrooms in solidarity <laughs> and they're it's so cute and they're like just oh my that god that was the other fort. and he's like follow that was only so the other good. highlight scene of the whole show honestly possibly was them <laughs> and there's also like a brief scene with him that got like no explanation where like she called him to get a ride and he had already given up his mom's he's car for the day but he's just out in a field with like frisbee <laughs> and like trying to throw a frisbee and just being like, oh, god damn, he's not good at it. He can't throw a frisbee. It's like he's practicing. I also loved, he had a line, so I want to make fuck to you, which I thought was really funny. Yeah, he's like, I'm not going to fuck you. I'm, I'm going to fu- make fuck to you. <laughs> which was great. Yeah, I... I yeah I really I certainly hope there's more shrill I hope the writing in the next season gets a little more a little more nuanced perhaps gives itself a little more room um yeah to kind of grow but uh overall I I thought I thought Troll was was great and I'm so glad that it's there's just so many shows now that I'm like I'm just glad this exists you know I know I'm just so many shows yeah. where I'm just like I'm glad this is like something that these creators are Especially getting women led yes they like these like shows can just like be put out you know I think it's sort of how I felt about like the bisexual which wasn't necessarily like a great show either but I'm like I'm really fucking glad this exists okay so this coming week yeah veep is coming veep back is coming back very excited that's exciting that's a for sure watching um next time we talk i think i want to wa- talk about um the case against adnan syed which i have watched an episode of and was actually a lot more interesting than i thought it would be um there's a lot of tv on right now i want to get to talk about better things which i don't think i've really gotten to talk about oh yeah um, and uh, probably the high maintenance finale, which I also didn't get to watch yet, but, um, the, 
Uh, Viva's coming back and there's another HBO. Uh, Big Little Lies is out there on the horizon, I just realized today. Oh my god. But it's not quite yet. Um, Okay, a possible watching or not watching to me, I can't decide, is the act. That was 100% my not watching recommendation. Really? Today. Interesting. I can't decide. I mean, I love the... So this is... I mean, if you haven't read Michelle Dean's iconic story um, from a few years ago about the Gypsy Rose Blanchard case, you need to do so immediately um, because it is I mean, it's like Munchausen by proxy, It's Munchausen by proxy, except then also uh, the um, Gypsy, who's the child who's being Munchausened. Uh, by her mother, um, then, then she and her online boyfriend murder her mother. Um, and it the whole story is bananas. Uh, it ab- totally crazy. But um, this is Hulu's adaptation of the story, which also has some fraught drama in that the guy who is um, created the show apparently has like been going around giving interviews like he kind of found the whole thing when like, and sort of editing Michelle Dean out of it a little bit, which was like really giving me some serious pause in and of itself. Um, Although she is like, please watch the show. But like, no one, this, this annoys me. I don't know. The show does not look great from the trailers that Hulu is relentlessly pushing on me. It's called the... (laughs) The name is so stupid. Oh, the act. The act is that is such a stupid. I don't name. get why it's I, called like, that. I, even I don't even get it. It's it's like you know what it reminds me of. Remember the show The Slap? No. <laughs> no, it was that show where like some some kid is being shitty at a birthday party and like the other parent there like slaps him and it becomes this huge drama. Oh. It's like Uma Thurman and Zachary Quinto and anyway, it's just called The Slap, which just instantly makes it stupid. Yeah. The act. Like, I think Tandy Newton is in it. Well, I don't know. I'm anyway. like, you have this whole crazy story and you couldn't come up with a better name than The Act? <laughs> the Act. It's And also, I, the other thing I got to say is that it also stars Chloe Sevigny, and I, you, you know, I think she's such a bad actress. Yeah. I can't. I just like, it's like distracting to me, and I would not be able to watch a show she's in. And even there's even in the trailer, they have a clip of what I have to assume is her talking because it's a line delivered so poorly. <laughs> I, ever, ever, this neighborhood, things get crazy. <laughs> like she says to the cops, it's just, it's anyway. Sooner or later. Everybody knows everything about everyone in this neighborhood. No. Yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued because I was so obsessed with this story when it came out, but like... I think you've already, like, you know yeah. that you, it's interesting to you already. You know it's the story. True. I really don't know if this show's going to do anything more it's, for you. That's a really good point, honestly. So... Especially if it's not well done. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see some reviews. I couldn't really find... Like, for a sh- uh, that's another bad sign, honestly, for the show. I think it comes out, like, in... Maybe I think today. Um, and I think when I Googled it earlier, I didn't actually see that many write-ups of it. Um, so yeah. that is also a bad sign. Um, so maybe it sucks. Maybe that should be in the not watching yeah. column. Anyway, that's my yeah. name. So. Right. You're right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, we're already past an hour. I guess we should wrap things All right. up. This is the end of us this week. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is this is us. <laughs> this is us. This is us. Um, this is. Yes. We also, we're nearing it's the end of March our, Madness. Thank I God. know. It's that's why we're going long. It's been March yeah. Madness. That's fine. So much stuff. All right. Well, yeah. we'll be back for. We'll probably be April Madness. Honestly. 
We'll be back. I think it'll be April. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be just be April. <laughs> April showers. April. Okay. Cool. All right. Bye. All right, bye.